0: Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Paul Calvisi joins me. The Cardinals visit the Rams on Sunday, and the big question everyone wants answered, which quarterbacks are healthy enough to play? Another question popped up on Friday. Is it possible Buda Baker plays? That did not seem possible earlier in the week. Plenty to get into out of this NFC West matchup. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 614, and it starts now.
1: Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2.
0: Hit in the backfield and down he goes for a loss. J.J. Watt nailed it.
1: Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts.
0: He's at the 10, at the 5. He's in again. Some more Murray magic. Wow. (laughs) Here's Craig Grealoux. Can I begin this Friday's show by going back to last Friday's Paul and the final words that you uttered, Gino Smith. Oh, man, yes. Because do we have another one of those signature Paul's calls, if you will,
1: but John Wolford just doesn't roll off the tongue like a Gino Smith. You know the headline I saw in L.A. this week, The Wolf of Ball Street. (laughs) Let's hope that doesn't come to fruition, okay? Let, let, let's really hope that's an erroneous headline. Whatever the Dewey Truman was from you know, 70 years ago, let's hope it's an erroneous headline uh, on all fronts. Uh, because, you know, at this point, I'm thinking that there is serious gamesmanship going on <laughs> with the L.A. Rams in the quarterback position. Maybe even the same with the Arizona Cardinals. We don't know. Don't really know, but there is the potential to have a quite interesting matchup. Now, the Cardinals and Rams never play each other in the preseason, but at the quarterback position, it might look that way here in Week 10. This is what we know here on Friday, two days before
0: Week 10 kicks off in Los Angeles. SoFi Stadium, 225 is the kickoff. 9.30 a.m. pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Kyler Murray, hamstring injury, questionable game day decision. Matthew Stafford, concussion protocol, questionable, game day decision. In fact, Sean McVay, Sean McVay on Friday said, quote, it could go up to 90 minutes before kickoff with respects to Matthew Stafford. And that's when the inactives get announced. And it's always, it's not technically game time because the inactives have to be announced. But what's going to happen when that inactives list is released? Because if either quarterback is not on the inactive list, not one of the seven players inactive. I'm guessing both are starting, but if you see Kyler Murray and Matthew Stafford inactive, then yes, we are left with Colt McCoy against John Walford, which harkens back to 2020, Paul.
1: Oh, boy. Week 17, season finale. Playoffs hanging in the balance, and um, I remember that game for many. In fact, I talked to Tanner Vallejo at his locker this week. If you remember, Tanner Vallejo checked into that game because of injury and had a dozen tackles. He was flying all over that field, and we talked about it. The stadium was empty, empty because of COVID. It was the final week of the regular season. I walked into the visiting radio booth, and guess what? Uh, I, I should have brought a bottle of champagne to bust over the counter because we christened that thing because no one, no, none of the Rams opponents had traveled media that year to use the visiting radio booth. And then if you remember at the very end of that game, Larry Fitzgerald walking off in sweats. He was inactive, that's right. Yes, his final game day appearance. There's Larry, and I have a really bad Zapruder-type photo from way in the upper deck there, and they're visiting radio booth of Larry walking off. And so there's a lot of things about that game. There was Kyler's injury early in that game and just sort of the mysterious nature of what's going on. And he would walk back to the locker room, then he came back, but he still wasn't in the game. But then he did come into the game yeah. all of a sudden, and then there was John Wolford who didn't play all that well, but he played just well enough to beat the Cardinals and he beat him with his legs to a large degree. I still remember that. And that's exactly the way Vance Joseph described him. I mean, to hear Vance Joseph talk about John Wolford, if he is the guy, you got to prepare for like quarterback power. He, he's going to run it between the tackles. And and now we get, we're getting speculation of Bryce Perkins. It might be a platoon situation at quarterback because if they want to have a viable passing game, Bryce Perkins might be the better quarterback. So – who knows what's going to transpire? The former Arizona State quarterback, former Chandler high Wolf
0: quarterback. So bottom line, during the pregame huddle, Paul, you need to keep one eye on your rundown and another eye on the <laughs> field in front of you to figure out just who is going to be quarterbacking because, yeah, Walford in that game, Week 17, 2020, Cardinals lost 18-7. to you had the Chris Strebler pick six right before halftime, which oh, was an absolute killer. That's right. Cardinals still had an opportunity, but unable to figure out just whether it's going to finish or Kyler Murray coming in and out of the lineup, and that was a huge game, and that was John Walford's only start in his career. He is 1-0 and as a starter. Does he get that second start here on Sunday? Look, Matthew Stafford has not played well this season the Rams offense has not looked good this season I hope Matthew Stafford is the
1: starting quarterback because we go back to the known versus the unknown and look Wolford is much better equipped behind a heinous offensive line which is what the Rams O-line has been Uh, Stafford has missed one game, but in terms of snaps per game or per game status, no one has been sacked more than Matthew Stafford. So, you know, he has the ability to go out on the boot, but he doesn't really have that escape ability when a pocket is collapsing. So for that reason, guess what? John Wolford behind that porous and banged-up Rams offensive line might be better suited. Now, conversely, the only other O-line in the league that's on par injury-wise with the Rams would be the Arizona Cardinals and not knowing the status of what exactly is going to happen on the interior. But if you're looking again at Cody Ford, left guard, Billy Price, your center, and then LaSita Smith, the round six rookie at right guard against, wait for it, 99 Aaron Donald. Okay, Uh, guess what? Even Kyler Murray can't outrun that sort of instantaneous pressure. We saw that in the last two meetings against the Rams a year ago, did we not? You saw the week 14 in primetime where Kyler was pressured 14 times by Aaron Donald, incomprehensible. And then you saw it in the playoff game, where I think we both believe. We believed it then, and we still believe it, that Kyler was discombobulated just because of Aaron Donald getting through the right side of the line, and the backups the Cardinals were playing. And just mentally, he had one eye on 99 and one eye down the field, and we all know how that game went for Kyler. So if you have a quarterback a little more equipped right now to get rid of the ball quickly, Colt McCoy, believe it or not, despite the lack of athleticism in Colt McCoy, he might be the better option right now against Aaron Donald that he's going to come bum-rushing his way through the A and B gaps the moment the ball is snapped. Kingsbury on Friday was asked whether
0: who the Rams start at quarterback factors into who the Cardinals start at quarterback, and the answer was no, it doesn't, and it shouldn't. But to your point, who the Cardinals start along the offensive line Perhaps factors into who the Cardinals start at quarterback because a less than 100% Kyler Murray against a banged up offensive line. Sunday will mark the seventh different O line combination this season. Wow. The fourth in four weeks. You don't know who's going to be starting at right guard. You might not know what's going on at the center position. Is DJ Humphreys available? He was on the practice field on Friday dealing with the back. How does he wake up Sunday morning? And that back. Flares up. It is not a good situation, but to your point, a less mobile quarterback with Colt McCoy, but he's not your franchise yeah. quarterback. And your the, the, the risk versus the war reward here in week 10 when you still have several games ahead, whether those games matter, though,
1: determines what ha- takes place on Sunday, though. See, now if I was buttoned up, I, I would know this already, so this is an honest question. Did Cliff Kingsbury say anything in his final meeting with the media on Friday? about the status of Billy Price. Because early in the week, he used the word probably to describe Billy Price and whether he was going to remain the starter at center. We saw the struggles at times against Seattle, not just the errant snaps, but even some of the false starts that seemed to be caused by not being in cadence, being in sync with the rest of his offensive line. So could Sean Harlow possibly be back as the starting center and I don't know if there was any definitive word from the head coach on that but based on the Seattle game I would not be shocked if they went back to Sean Harlow
0: nothing definitive on either position along that offensive line with the exception of Kingsbury saying they might play multiple players Mm. no specific position mentioned but you could see someone start and then maybe pulled after a series or two or depending on how effective that right guard may be or that center may be or how DJ Humphrey's feels at left tackle but you might see some different movement along the offensive line and I know we've seen that in years past with Sean Kugler. I, I I don't really like it because you want to stay that you want five guys to be consistent but
1: hey there's been nothing consistent about the old line this season if you look at some of the top teams in the NFC and the stat is that only two of the seven playoff teams in the NFC have winning records right now Philly and Dallas and then look at how many injuries they suffered on their offensive line. Not many. The top teams in the league. Minnesota's another one. Minnesota they didn't make the playoffs, but they've had virtually zero missed snaps by any of their offensive linemen. So there is a lot to that. You don't have to have five all pros across the front. But if you can get a consistent lineup of reliable starters who can then have that chemistry, just the ability to rely on each other. And the Cardinals have had anything but that right now. So what do you do? Especially the Rams love to send Jalen Ramsey. He, he really, they use him a lot in a nickelback type in a slot close to the box and, and close to the line of scrimmage, you know, almost like a, uh, almost like a hybrid linebacker at, at times. Cause he's so big and boom, you got to worry about a Jalen Ramsey coming as well. It's not just Aaron Donald, but it's, it's how he creates things for everyone else in, in the box and getting to the quarterback. So, I'm curious, you know, because Jalen Ramsey isn't a guy necessarily who travels much anymore, and I kind of work the locker room with, do you expect Jalen Ramsey to shadow and travel with DeAndre Hopkins? And I have mixed opinions on that. Nobody truly knows, obviously, but they say, you know what? A couple of guys said, no, that's not what the Rams do anymore. Jalen Ramsey does not travel with a single receiver an entire game. Other guys said, yeah, but we have D-Hop, and especially if D-Hop goes off early, they'll make the adjustment. Or in key third downs, you'll see Jalen Ramsey over D-Hop. We've seen a little bit more movement,
0: though, out of DeAndre Hopkins this season as far as left side, right side, in the slot, a lot more to where if Ramsey is only playing one side of the field, you can already get away from that matchup if you want to, if you're the Cardinals. Although that is a matchup, In speaking or listening to DeAndre Hopkins on Friday, that's a matchup that he enjoys going all the way back to Ramsey's rookie season. This will be the 11th meeting between Hopkins
1: and Ramsey. I didn't know that. I actually asked him about Ramsey. I didn't know this is the 11th meeting. Um, and what's interesting is, as we know, a week ago, Tariq Woolen, unbelievable, round five rookie, 6'4", runs the four two six. What an absolute steal the Seahawks got in that corner. He goes to the right side of the defense, the left side of an offense exclusively. He does not change sides. Uh, but Jalen Ramsey, according to the guys I talked to, he, he will go to either side of the defense. And he really is that X factor. To me, you know, you break the huddle if you're Cole McCoy or Kyler Murray, and you're looking for 99, and then you're looking for five, as you should. They're two All Pros, two Hall of Famers. You know, Bobby Wagner is not the same player, although he's still effective, and I think he knows this Cardinals offense really well, so he's effective in getting everybody else set and and preparing for certain plays. But how does how different does this offense look if Cole McCoy is the guy? Because I remember him last year on the road. He was very effective in those two division wins. So you know what? He beat the Seahawks and he beat the Niners a year ago. So he's got to check this box now in the division. Needs a road win at the Rams.
0: The difference, though, this time, if it is Colt McCoy, is he will actually have DeAndre Hopkins as a wide receiver to target because Hopkins missed those three games along with Kyler Murray. So McCoy and Hopkins have not played together. In a regular season game. So now all of a sudden, and I know this was asked of Hopkins on Friday
1: as well. The it chemistry. was yours truly who asked, "Agree? All right. About the chemistry hey, when, you when you haven't played a game together.
0: A true reporter asking a very good question in the locker room because you don't have those reps during the week. Now, at least we don't know they've had reps this week maybe they have had reps talking that's about right. McCoy and Hopkins yep. because you don't see it on game day but if you know that perhaps maybe Kyler Murray may or may not go or you're leaning in the direction of Colt McCoy maybe you did see number 12 and number 10 get familiar on
1: that football field here's the question along with and that's a very valid question but can you have a balanced offense can you have the run game Can you do what you did for Colt last year at the Seahawks and at the Niners? Run the ball. A quarterback's best friend. Can you do that? Is it feasible with that makeshift interior O-line? Because James Conner isn't a guy who's going to get the edge. He needs to run between the tackles. Will there be room to run? Eno Benjamin... Uh, Can he somehow, you know, is he slippery enough to escape 99 and perhaps maybe, oh, I don't know, run off the left side of the line instead of where, but you know, Aaron Donald, they'll deploy him in all five spots across the front. And I confirm that with Cardinals offensive linemen. They've been, Rams are still doing that this year with Aaron Donald. So he's definitely an X factor, but remember the win. Everybody now 40 times, they ran it for 216 yards in the week four win at LA, the only win in 12 meetings against Sean McVay, isn't correct. that right? He's 11 and 1 against yes. Arizona, correct? So, if there's some way you can recapture that, get that sort of potent ground game going. Uh, but it starts with not falling behind. You, you got to come out, at least stay competitive, stay in the game so the play caller, the head coach doesn't feel compelled to all of a sudden go in hurry up mode and, and abandon the run game and take away half his play sheet. So uh, we'll see. Cardinals, obviously. And then the Cardinals got off to a good start against Seattle. And then all of a sudden it was lackluster from there. If they can just get four quarters of inspired football, I don't care if it's still rife with mistakes. Because I I think it will be. you got too many different parts and moving parts and different guys playing different positions. You know what? It just lends itself to that. Now, the pre-snap penalties, that's inexcusable. It it just is. But it's not going to be flawless football. But if you get inspired football if you can be jj watt at his locker on friday and you can be that guy for the entirety of game day sunday because jj watt was in a mood he certainly (laughs) had an edge to him at his locker on on friday he wasn't tolerating a lot of the pencil neck media questions and of course yours truly felt some (laughs) blowback on that but you know somebody had to ask the question green nobody's asking questions somebody's got to lob something out there I believe the question, or you know
0: what the question is. The response, I think, is one that definitely needs to be talked about because it might have been the best quote from J.J. Watt in a long time. But he was staring straight ahead over everyone's head because he stands like 6'10 and everyone else is like (laughs) 5'8 surrounding his lockers. We kind of give you a mental picture here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. On a good day. But the question about added motivation with hard knocks around. Yours truly, Paul Calvisi, asking that question. The response, quote, if cameras or media or a TV show motivate you, you're in the wrong place. None of that blank matters. We got to win football games. We need to win football games. And then he added this. I sure as hell hope that because you're on TV, you're not more motivated to win. End quote. Okay. So yeah, maybe it wasn't a great question, Paul. Oh, but it gave on. you a tremendous <laughs> right. answer that I think everyone needs to really hone yeah. in on because you should not need those cameras to play well.
1: You're right. I, I right now from the rest of the media members who are too timid to ask a question, <laughs> I need to have a series of text messages from these guys saying saying uh, thank you. All right, because my response, I'm just sent out a group. You're welcome. That's what I'll do this text message chain. But, Greed, the, the reasoning and rationale behind the question was because a year ago, the Indianapolis Colts were 3-5, yes. and five, and they ripped off 6 out of 7. And you can't tell me. That's not one of the reasons that Hard Knocks was allowed to come in, invade the Cardinals compound, and document everything behind the Might have been the, the, the main season. reason. It might have been. Two years ago in the offseason, we've talked about this here on Cover 2, about how the initiative, the objective was leadership. This past off season, I think the initiative was accountability. What happened in the second half of last season, the second half of the season before? What resulted in the fade down the stretch? Okay, we need more accountability. Hmm, if we put everybody on camera, guess what? That brings an extra layer of accountability. You, you're going to have to own it. You'll own these losses. You'll own whatever might go into a game week, the work week. Uh, your name and face will be on it. So I I do think that Hard Knocks was a football decision in a lot of ways, hence the question to J.J. Watt. And you know what? Maybe some of his ire was because if he notices that guys haven't played as hard absent the cameras as they are now, you know what? If you're a professional, there is no excuse for that. That should
0: not happen. We saw episode one, some of that accountability because I do think what do fans always complain about post game? What they pick up the phone and want to
1: talk uh, traffic on travel. Traffic, the, the back. Oh no! I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They also yeah, want to yeah. do that.
0: But it's why weren't we prepared for this? Why didn't we do this? And the one of the main takeaways for me in episode one is that Noah Fant 51 yard catch oh, and run, oh. and Vance Joseph yelling on the sidelines as the play is developing. We talked about the boots. We talked about the boots. It might be the quote of the season yeah. because, yes, it was prepared for. It was practiced.
1: It was not executed. And that falls back
0: on the players, not
1: the coaches. Yeah. It was almost Shakespearean in its delivery by, by uh, Vance Joseph. You know, we talked about the boots. It was you know, just the drama involved, the soap opera-esque delivery of the boot. And, yes – you can zoom out on the rest of the season. How much of this is on the plan? How much is on the players? And so, um, guess what? If if that's the failure, the lack of focus, the lack of finish, the lack of attention to detail, then that's absolutely on the players. But then, and you do a great job in the post game, Green. I give it up to you. But what the fans want to know is now, wait a minute, isn't that where coaching comes in? The teams that are buttoned up. Uh, don't the coaches have some accountability for that? Sean McVay made a point of telling the media to start the week, coming off that loss to Tampa, where they folded at the very end. Now Tom Brady at his 55th uh, game-winning drive, topping Peyton Manning the most in NFL history, which is just staggering. But he made it very clear multiple times, I'm in this with the team. It's not just the players. I'm in this. I think he wants the locker room to know that he's sharing the blame, the culpability, and he put it on himself and his coaching staff to change. So, yes. And you know what? I see it on the sideline. Now I can't hear it, which is what's great. Even for the sideline reporter, I love hard knocks because a lot of stuff I see I can't hear. But then you you actually, you know, they have like they had like eight different people mic'd up for that opening episode. But you do see it. If, if Vance Joseph does not hesitate to turn around and yell at some of the position coaches. You know, if a young guy like a MyJ Sanders, a Cam Thomas, makes a mental mistake, isn't in the right place at the right time, he'll turn around, he'll yell at the position coach. And he'll so he's holding the players and the coaches accountable. Because yes, the everyone is supposed to be prepared for the moment. And when you see it on film, even Wolf, you hear the call, Wolf knew all about it. Yet when you have some young players, you know, learning on the job, and then it's still part of it, and it's and people wonder, well, why are the Tanner Vallejos and the Ben Neiman's and the Nick Vigils playing? That's why. That boot is exactly why. Because in critical moments, critical plays, it's not so much how big or fast you are, it's do you know where to be? Do you know your assignment when the other team is doing everything they can to confuse you and experience matters?
0: Why was Jordan Hicks on the field so much? Why was Zayvon Collins, Isaiah Simmons, why were they on the sidelines earlier in their career when they were not more athletic, more skilled than a Jordan Hicks? But Hicks had the football IQ. He knew where to be. And I think too many times this season, guys
1: aren't where they're supposed to be. Okay, so I'll give you an example. Let's bring it back to the Rams and the Week 3 loss. One of the big plays was the Cooper Cup 20-yard touchdown run off the jet sweep. If you go back and look at that film, at least three to five members of the Cardinals' front seven, thoroughly confused, going the wrong way, did not read it correctly. The one guy who did was Buda Baker. And so, um, you know, maybe that's our segue right now because – Earlier, I had gone on with Wolf, and I said, you know what? I'm actually more terrified about the Cardinals' defense minus Buddha than I am the Cardinals' offense minus Kyler. Colt McCoy can come in and I think be pretty viable at running that offense. I'm not sure what the Cardinals' defense is going to look like minus their human eraser. Minus the guy who's not only the heartbeat, but in a lot of ways, the football IQ of the defense. A guy who's thoroughly underappreciated by most fans and media markets. Now, not players. He's been an all-pro multiple times. But when you see a hard knocks in season, the debut, A, they featured on Buddha for a reason, because he gets the ultimate respect in the locker room, and B, that's how valuable he is. And the only instance we've had in the last five years, I think 2018, he missed a couple of games. That whole season doesn't count. But since the Wilkes year... He only missed that Carolina game week 4, 2020, and it did not look good. Forget the numbers. It just was not a sound defense. We go back to 2020
0: when, once again, it was John Wolford beating the Arizona Cardinals that same season, week 4, Cardinals lose 31-21. You were in Carolina, and that that defense, that forget the defense, that entire team, offense, yep. defense, and special teams, did not look the same, yep. and that was because Buda Baker was not on the football field. Now... Earlier this week, it was, in the words of the head coach, 0% chance that Buda Baker was going to play this week. Then all of a sudden, we walk out there during the open portion of practice on Friday, and there is number three. Looking pretty good, doing a little jog and jumping around. And what about this high ankle sprain, reportedly that's going to keep him out for a couple of weeks? Paul, there is a good chance, I'd say a better than good chance, that Buda Baker plays on Sunday, and a less than 100% Buda Baker is better than the rest of the defensive players going at 100%, because I'll say this, going back to Hard Knocks, what did we see? Bill Price, linebackers coach, play... Billy Davis. Billy Davis, sorry, yeah. Billy Davis, I challenge you
1: to play better, play harder than Buda Baker. That was a huge takeaway for me. Maybe the takeaway from the entire episode. And there were some great moments and memorable moments. But just how genuine that was from Bill Davis, the inside linebackers coach. And I actually ran into him this week, and I asked him about that. And he said, he looked me right in the eye, he said, in my 30 years, I've never seen anyone play as hard as Buddha. all out. Just willing to throw himself into any scrum that's out there on the field at any cost. So think about that. Think about if... If Bill Davis is correct, if everybody could play as hard, you're not going to play as well as Buda Baker. You're not going to be as good at your craft as a Buda Baker, most likely. J.J. Watt obviously has been in his career, but if you could play as hard, think of how far that would go for this Cardinals defense, because minus Buddha right now, and I don't know what's going to happen, and you're right, he was moving a lot better than I thought. First off, nobody thought he'd be on that practice no. field on Friday, and then he's out there, he's moving pretty well, but... Most of what he was doing, at least what we saw in the open portion, at least what I saw, was north-south. Didn't see a whole bunch of east-west. What does that mean for his ability? Lateral movement with a high ankle sprain that can be obviously very problematic and painful. So we'll see what that means come game day. But we do know this much. The drop-off after Budabaker Baker is pretty significant when you have a Chris Banjo. Limited reps as a safety, mainly your special teams assassin, Charles Washington, Chuck Washington, who hasn't played all year. Uh, or did he play earlier in the year no, in he's been team? gone. he he's has not all played year.
0: because of a chest injury. He has been on the practice field. He's been designated to return. Yeah. Whether he gets activated or not ahead right. of Sunday is still to be determined, right. but there is an open roster yeah. spot with the release of Michael
1: Dogby. And, and, and beyond that, it's just – how a Sean McVay offense has befuddled this Cardinals defense time and time again. You're not playing Carolina. You're not playing the Raiders. You're playing Sean McVay. And he always has something up his sleeve, and it's always tough to discern and diagnose what exactly is this play. A number of guys talked about it this week in the locker room. Xavier Collins had a great explanation on the Big Red Rage. They come out, they run a lot of 11 personnel, but then there are 11 personnel, but it looks like 12 and then, wait a minute, what's this whole wrinkle here? Because now this guy's in motion. Now he's going the other way. It forces the defense to show its hand. Is anybody going out with that guy? And if they are, then they're going to run it to the other side where the player just vacated. And if not, they have another play that they're checking into. So, And then all of a sudden, according to Zavin the play they run is a play that they've already run five times in the game. They just put different window dressing on and made everyone think. And it's that moment of hesitation where the mental synapsis isn't firing initially and that's all they need. They get the edge, they get the crease, and they're gone. There's a chunk play. You cannot You
0: can't put into words or measure the value of a Buda Baker just based off of numbers. Yes, he's a team leader in tackles. He's led the team in tackles each of the past two weeks, but it's the presence of him on the football field. We got a good sense of that in hard knocks again. And I do think Just having him on the field on Friday, I think, uplifted this team just a little bit. Now, there's time between now and Sunday. How much better does he get? You know he's kind of like Kyler Murray. You don't want him on the football field to kind of – and then tell him to limit what he does, dial back the running, or in the case of Buda Baker – you're in that safety position, and you see something, you're creeping up in the box, and then all of a sudden you make a beeline for that running back, as we've seen so many times, Paul, where all of a sudden he outraces everyone and is the first one there at the ball carrier and then just lays the lumber. You want him to play free and comfortable and not thinking about that ankle to where it might cost him later on down the line, whether it's this month or next month. So, But just having him out there, and when you're out there on a Friday, it does lead me to believe that he is going to play because it is hard for Buda Baker
1: to miss any games, let alone a division game against the Rams. I think it was a genuine shock to everyone, not just us media pencil necks. There were coaches out there who were kind of doing a double take, like, hey, three's out here. They didn't see that coming. As you mentioned, Cliff Kingsbury said he was given a 0% chance that that might be a likelihood. So, again, to your point, there you're on game day. Let's, see. Let's say number three is active. He's suited up. If he can do that, what can I do? It was sort of like J.J. Yep. Watt. The man at his heart shocked back into rhythm three days before he played a game. If 99 is on the field right now after having his heart shocked back into rhythm, what do you think I can do for four quarters, for 60 minutes? Think I can go 100% when I get my reps? It's what it says to everybody else on the field. And with that in mind, if Buddha's out there in particular, there better not be any sort of lapse. There better not be any sort of quotes after the game oh we didn't match their energy we didn't match their intensity no that excuse is long gone the whole easing into the season and we'll make sure to be our best the end of this season no that there's no more margin for error on that one forget seven and zero. forget ten and two you know the stat that the locker room needs to remember is they've lost 11 of the last 15 that's the stat that needs to resonate right now uh, and and i am going to get off on a rant but there shouldn't be this sort of reliance on what you might have done the first half of last year. That might as well be 10 years ago at this point. Week 10, Cardinals 3-6,
0: and six, Rams 3-5. and five. The other injury note that we need to discuss here on Cardinals covered 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, is Byron Murphy dealing with a back injury, did not practice all week. Officially listed as a game day decision according to Cliff Kingsbury. But when you're looking at the one player on that Rams offense, that does put fear into the hearts of every one of those defensive players. You already referenced it earlier, and that is Cooper Cup. Whether it's on the jet sweep, whether it's outside, whether it's inside as a pass catcher, he has been the one bright spot for the Rams this season. He's been targeted 93 times, 72 catches, 813 receiving yards. Paul, he's accounted, again, I know there's hashtag no math, but this is, again, this is next-gen stats for you. Lay it on me. He's accounted for 37% of the team's receptions, 42% of the team's receiving yards, and 75% of the team's receiving touchdowns. That is the highest in the National Football League in every category.
1: I tell you, Vance Joseph has been very good, very astute at figuring out a way to take away what the other team does best, the other team's best player. And to your point, there's no question the weapon that they need to address. Cooper Cup, who a week ago had 128 of the Rams' 206 total yards against Tampa, got loose for the 69-yard touchdown catch and run. He had a 34-yard chunk run. Uh, The one thing the Cardinals did very well, obviously, in the first meeting was take away Cooper Cup non-factor other than the touchdown run obviously but if Byron Murphy isn't out there what does that mean does a Marco Wilson travel with him are they using more zone I don't know we'll see how but look you have a defense that last week allowed the Seahawks to go 10 of 15 on third down including their last seven straight conversions on third down the last two opponents have been nine for nine in the red zone Vance Joseph himself used the word atrocious Quote unquote, to describe the red zone defense the last two games. Well, where is Cooper Cup most effective? Third down and red zone. So, yes, there should be fear that there will be blood if you don't figure out some sort of defense against Cooper Cup. And by the way, Cooper Cup against Marco Wilson, we saw last year. How many times was Marco Wilson stride for stride with Cooper Cup and Cup still made the catch yeah. by a fingernail? Or by a half yard. He just got enough separation and the ball was on the money for Matthew Stafford that it was really vexing to Marco Wilson. In fact, it was funny because when I asked some people in the offseason about Marco Wilson, what's his future? And what do you think? And they I said, you know, he had a tough game, you know, those last two games against the Rams, the regular season and week fourteen and the playoff game, and Cooper Cup and, and OBJ really got him for some big catches. And this person who knows his defensive football looked at me and said, Hey, He was stride for stride with all those guys. Did you see Cooper Cup and OBJ the rest of the playoffs? How much separation they had against other DBs? How badly they beat DBs the rest of the way to the Super Bowl title? They said Marco actually played them really tough. Now, he was a rookie, and he learned a few lessons. But you hope if Marco Wilson is called upon that he's relishing this rematch with Cooper Cup. You got Marco, you got Antonio Hamilton, maybe
0: more snaps for Trayvon Mullen, who really hasn't seen a lot of defensive snaps, but it's the one thing that this defense has done well against the Rams, and that is limit the effectiveness of Cooper Cup. Five times or three times in the last two years, he's had he's been held to five or fewer catches. Wow and all three of those times have come against the Arizona Cardinals. So he's the only offensive weapon this season for the Los Angeles Rams. Tyler Higbee, yes, but Allen Robinson hasn't done anything. You don't know what they're going to do at the running back position between Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers. So, yeah, Cooper Cup, you shut him down, regardless who the quarterback is going to be for the Rams. You basically render that offense... Lim- uh, you know? non-f- non-factor yeah
1: and he's been dealing with an ankle so we'll see how that is whether that limit you know hampers him in some ways but to your point Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson have been a problem for the Cardinals too yeah. at times now this banged up offensive line see that was with Andrew Whitworth and what did we talk about in the offseason when the turnaround started with the Rams, it wasn't just Sean McVay and his national soup commercials, and he's America's coach, and he's coaching up all the office workers in their cubicles. Okay, No, it was Andrew Whitworth solidifying that offensive line. I think it wasn't totally unlike the Arizona Cardinals from 2006, 2007 to 2008 Super Bowl run. What did they do? They solidified the offensive line. They still had Fitz and Anquan Bolden. They still had Kurt Warner. But now, guess what? Kurt Warner had time to operate, had time to dissect a defense, read a defense, get the ball to a Larry in a queue. whereas earlier he was a crash test dummy. So that's the difference this year is that Matthew Stafford has been getting pummeled, hit, and harassed. So we'll see if the Cardinals, if they can get to the quarterback in this one, who is the quarterback. But again, to your point, if they're able to limit Cooper Cup like they have been historically, who's going to beat them? There's been no one that's been proven so far. The Rams' offense is at the bottom or next to last in virtually every meaningful category in the NFL. They have been struggling something fierce.
0: 31st in total yards, 32nd in yards per play. They are awful running the football, and they are 29th in scoring at just over 16 points a game. This is, again, the defending Super Bowl champs, but it comes back to at least for me and both teams, the offensive line, which O-line is going to hold up, regardless of who the quarterback is and any other injuries, the offensive line. Can the Cardinals protect Kyler Murray or Colt McCoy? Open up some rushing lanes for a James Conner, Eno Benjamin. Give the quarterback time to throw the football downfield. And then on the flip side, it's also can you protect and keep
1: Aaron Donald off the Cardinals' quarterbacks? The center for the Rams, Brian Allen. He had a quote this week when they were asking all the media pencil neck. Oh, geez, you've lost four out of five, which so have the Cardinals. You're three and five right now. And his answer is, we've got a choice to make. We can lay down or figure it out. Guess what? That goes for the Arizona Cardinals. These two teams are in almost identical spots right now. Not only the record, the struggling offenses, the banged-up offensive lines, potential backup quarterbacks, missing pieces on defense, Their playoff, you know, just their playoff pulse is hanging in the balance right now. By the end of this game, one team's going to be DOA. You know, there's going to be no more of these. Clear, apply the paddles and bring them to life. No, save winning virtually every one of your games down the stretch. Guess what? This is a playoff elimination game in most ways when you look at the standings. It's a great way to put it because,
0: yeah, one more loss and you're basically done as far as that playoff race is concerned. You're out of the race. Maybe not mathematically, but there's too much that you would have to overcome, too much that would have to happen out of your control for you to get back into the race. So, yeah, it comes down to Sunday, and we talked about it, this three-game stretch. You had to win at least two of three. Well, you're 0-1 after dropping last week's game to the Seahawks. So here's the second one
1: against the Rams. I should tweet out, I think I still have it, the video of Kyler walking off the field last year at SoFi. Week four, and the Bird Gang had taken over the first few rows down in the Cardinals behind the bench and leading to their tunnel. And all the Cardinals fans, the Red Sea chanting MVP, MVP, as Kyler Murray left the field. Man, does that seem like a long time ago, doesn't it? But guess what? A lot of those same faces and players – are on the field for the Arizona Cardinals. So to 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 mimic what Sean McVay was saying about you know looking inward and changes have to be made and so forth, once again, all the same quotes from Sean McVay, you could take the name off it and it would apply to the Arizona Cardinals. So once again, to come full circle, if everyone can play with the same sort of just unharnessed anger that J.J. Watt showed at his locker on Friday, then I think you're going to get a ball game. I really do.
0: Motivated by Paul Calvisi. No. We can come back no. in here on no. Monday and no. talk about a Cardinals no. win. And the spark plug no. will be Paul Calvisi no. for that no. question no. that he dare ask <laughs> number ninety nine, who produced perhaps the best quotes, certainly no, yeah, of the
1: week. Yeah. No, he was already salty coming in. Let's make no mistake. He was you know, but it's just uh you know, one inane question after another. I think I asked half of them, and then he just had enough, and he got out of cliche mode and he, he gave something substantial. So, once again, attention, Phoenix media members, you're welcome. My guess is is JJ Watt will be the postgame guest
0: of Paul Calvisi after the game, and <laughs> no. it will be a lot of fun because no. the Cardinals will have beaten the Rams, no. and JJ will have had, i oh, us say, three sacks and a couple of tackles for loss, and there will be Paul no. Calvisi with a hand no. up. Microphone in the face of JJ
1: Watt, saying, "You're welcome, JJ." I get partial credit. I'm going to use one of those boom mics that NFL Films has; those Extendo <laughs> mics that look like a fish pole with a microphone on the end of it, just in case he, you know, wants to punch me for the next question. Boom! I'm going to have it. keep a safe distance. Two
0: twenty-five is the kickoff on Sunday. Cardinals at the Rams. Cardinals three and six. Rams three and five. We'll get you started on the pregame at nine thirty in the morning on Sunday. So an early wake-up call for everyone to begin week 10. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Paul Calvisi, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.